Welcome to it. Thank you so much for being with us here on Inside the Yard. Brett Hollander and Jeff Arnold. And coming up today on the program, we're going down to the farm. We're going to talk to longtime Orioles minor league coach and manager Gary Kendall, who is currently one of the coaches on the alternate site in this very peculiar year for the Orioles down in Bowie. And then we'll talk to Melanie Newman for our insider segment. But Jeff, I'm excited to talk to Gary because Listen, a lot of fan interest, and there should be a lot of fan, in, fan interest, not only on the alternate site, but uh, prospect baseball in general for the Orioles right now during this rebuild. He's had such a big role in developing Orioles players, you know, going back to the previous regime. And now this year was supposed to be the manager at AAA Norfolk, and instead he goes to the alternate site to continue to help some of the players with their development. I thought it was encouraging to say that the energy was pretty good at that alternate site and that they were able to get – pretty good work in that should help them if these players go up to Camden Yards, which we anticipate a number of them are going to at some point during this truncated season. But it was good to get his take and then also discussing the development of some players like Adley Rutschman and Dean Kramer. Yeah, I really want to uh, second that. I I do think we will see at some point, I don't know when, Ryan Mountcastle, uh, likely a pitcher or two or three. You know, I I don't think we'll see Adley Rutschman this year, but I think we'll see a handful of those prospects who were kind of knocking on the door. And if this season was a normal one, probably would have made their Orioles debut late summer into August, September. Yeah. And and I think that that's a part of what this year is for the Orioles is that you're trying to win as many games as you can. And if Brandon Heise has a chance to, to manage games, I mean, he's going, I mean, he's going to manage games to win them regardless, but if he has an opportunity to also get a look at some of the different players that the Orioles have in their system for him and Mike Elias and the rest of the staff to be able to evaluate just what they have. Uh, You figure that's going to be a big part of this year. And what better way to do it than when you're facing the AL East and the NL East, you know, you're going to see who will perform well. And also based on what you're seeing at the major league level, the players that you have that you're trying to judge and say, where does this person fit in with our future? Um, Being able to do that, I think is, um, accelerate a little bit because of the competition that you're playing. All right, well, let's do it. Let's head down the farm. Let's head to Bowie, Maryland, and talk to longtime Orioles coach Gary Kendall. And joining us right now on Inside the Yard is Gary Kendall, the Orioles AAA manager, but right now helping run the Orioles alternate site in Bowie, as a lot of the team's top prospects are uh, getting ready to either play this year or sometime in the future. Gary, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. That's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, take us through what that camp is like right now on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. energy level and, and enthusiasm. Obviously, it's a different situation. Well, we've only been going after it a couple weeks here, so the energy level right now, even with the heat, has been really, really good. Um, you know, guys know what uh, they're up against. They're certainly hungry. They want to get to the big leagues. They want to help out our major league club. So there's a lot of uh, enthusiasm. There's a lot of energy. So as far as that goes, you know, and uh, they've been doing a fantastic job. Probably the most challenging thing is, is, you know, staying safe, you know, and and, uh, it's been something that's been preached upon us 
uh, before this started by our front office and uh, our major league club and Brian Ebel and all the medical people have done such a fantastic job. And, and we're kind of sticking to it down here, which is, you know, it's a tough thing, especially when you're dealing with kids and it's hard enough to kind of keep this thing off you if you do everything correctly, according to protocol, but, you know, just to uh, get in the clubhouse and, and get out on the field and get things done. But things have been going very well in the field. Um, you know, our, our, our roster looks like it, you know, it fluctuates sometimes depending upon whether the club's home or on the road. But we got about 10 or 11 pitchers and sometimes seven to nine position players, depending upon whether the team's at home or on the road. And so, you know, right away, if you do the math, you know it's not enough to play an inter-squad game. But what we've been doing is we've been putting guys out there defensively, running the bases. There may be some gaps out there defensively, but there's not, they're not manned by a position player. Uh, but they run the bases. They put good swings on the ball. They're seeing live pitching after batting practice to try to simulate a game situation. So that's where really to credit our players here with your enthusiasm and energy because it's, it's easy to play under the lights when you got fans and you got nine guys out there and you're playing against a, a ball club. But to go out there and play against your teammates every day for possibly three months, it's a credit to them. So things have been going great. Gary, in terms of the safety aspect, can you kind of walk us through how everything is, is set up in Bowie just to make sure that all the players and the staff are able to stay as safe as possible? Sure. Um, well, we're all kind of in the same spot. There's players that have been uh, – were part of that original roster that went to Camden Yard and started their training in Baltimore. A lot of those live in Baltimore, but other than those players – most of us are housed at the uh, Marriott Town Place, which is right here in Bowie. Um, so, you know, it's a short commute. It's about two miles. As we enter the ballpark, there's someone there that checks our badges. Um, then we pull down the right field line further, and they have a trailer, an intake trailer set up where we go in and, uh, you know, we're given the different tests that are done. Some days it's just temperature. Some days, you know, you have to spit into a, like a little test tube and it's sent away and uh, so there's, it, it depends on the day. And then, uh, you know, we walk down into the clubhouse, you know, with our mask on. Um, when we're in the clubhouse, we're asked to wear our mask. And, um, you know, it, it, the strangest thing about that is that being structured to be, you know, in baseball, if you're on time, you're late. So, like, if we have a 10 o'clock intake like we had this morning, um, you know, it ain't like you can get to the ballpark at 9 and, come down in the clubhouse and, you know, get together with your staff and kind of talk, drink a coffee, you know, and, and it's not normal. So it's like, it's, it's very business structured where you're, you're there at a certain time. Um, they don't want us lingering, you know, and sitting around the clubhouse prior to, and they don't want us to do that. Actually, we have a 90 minute uh, block where we need to, uh, once everybody's off the field, everybody needs to be out of the clubhouse because it's clean nightly. Um, you know, you really don't notice it, um, when guys are out on the field and batting practice and ground balls. I mean, certainly you notice some guys that, you know, choose to wear a mask, but for the most part, it's uh, a normal business day when you're out on the field. It's, it's really the, it's when you come into the clubhouse or when you go into the dugout situation where you're reminded, you know, with, we, we have little, you know, kind of signs on the bench, you know, where we're allowed to sit. And uh, we're using both clubhouses in Bowie, which is a great idea to keep players, uh, the 20 or so that we have on top of each other, 
So we have some in left field, which is a clubhouse, and some in right. So there's everybody's kind of spread out. Uh, the meals are provided, whereas, uh, you know, we don't eat in the clubhouse. So, like, you know, it's a packaged meal that's sent in from a local restaurant, and we usually take it with us. Probably one of the strangest things is that, you know, we have tiers. You have a tier one, you have a tier two, you have a tier three. Tier two and below aren't allowed to shower at the ballpark. So that's kind of a weird thing, you know, where, you know, you, it's about 95 to 100 degrees every day, mm. and you got a little lather going. Mm. So, you know, it's throw the – throw your shorts on because the first day you know people were you know dressing up pretty good and you know there's no sense in throwing clean clothes on a dirty body so they kind of wear shorts and a t-shirt to the park and that way they don't feel as bad about when they leave um but it's 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 kind of a uh, something we're kind of getting used to and we're just excited to be on the field and with the hopes of this major league season to get it going in the right direction and we're just here to help so it's been going well Gary, I think a lot of Orioles fans are curious and, you know, as a fan, concerned that a lot of the team's top prospects are going to obviously lose a major year of development here and kind of set this rebuild back a little bit. But for the uh-huh. young prospects that are there, from the Diaz's to the Rutchmans to a lot of the uh, AAA guys you saw last year, Norfolk, the Aikens, and the Kramers, can they move the needle in this environment at least a little bit? I think so. I really think so because I think – that the work that they're getting, it's, it's just like the work they would be getting in a game. Now, if we were to just show up every day and take batting practice and throw sidelines where, you know, a, a pitcher does not get an instant feedback from a quality hitter throwing his best stuff and attacking a strike zone, then I would think that it would be a waste of, of a year. But when I look at it, I mean, certainly the amount of, the amount of time that we're going to be here doesn't you know, a five doesn't doesn't replace a five month season, maybe instructional league, or really the the full length of spring training that we were normally accustomed to. So we are missing those days, but um, it's a little bit of catch up. But I know Adley. Here's a here's a situation. I mean, normally in a ball game, if Adley's you know uh, playing in the lineup and he's sitting in the middle of the lineup, unless we play a great game, we bang a lot of hits, he gets four bats. Where when we play these inter squads because of the limited amount of position players that we have, those guys get 10 and 15 at bats and they're all noted. And they're, uh, you know, we get, they, we, they get the feedback, they get data uh, on what those swings look like, um, what those pitches look like from a pitcher standpoint. So there's a lot of data on our, on our board. It has launch angle for the hitters. It has the velocities where normally it would have a scoreboard and tells you who's winning, who's losing, how many hours there errors there. But on our scoreboard here, we have uh, all the data that's recorded, and um, and it's there to view from throughout the whole organization, not just for the guys that are here, but our staff that's not in this camp and the players that aren't in this camp. Gary, for being able to see Adley Rutschman up close in this alternate site camp, a lot of expectation for him being the number one overall pick a year ago. Uh, but what have you seen in terms of where he is in his development? Well, I see a strong, very durable body guy that um, has a, a well above average arm. Um, and I haven't seen anything that would think that, uh, you know, I saw Matt Wieters when he was coming through our system and a lot of other prospect catchers that we've had in our system. And this guy's uh, right there. I mean, this guy can throw, he can block. Um, he's athletic. 
Um, he's got power from both sides of the plate. He's got a nice swing. Um, very mature for his age. Has adapted to pro ball. I mean, not not having him last year and just seeing the things that uh, that I've seen so far. I mean, we just got to keep him going in the right direction and keep getting him the uh, the proper routine to get better. You know. And um, I, I think the you know the sky's the limit with this guy. This guy can be a real special player. Let's talk about Ryan Mountcastle. You saw him win the International League MVP mm -hmm. a year ago. Uh, everything right now is about his defense, I guess. Uh, sure. Have you seen progress yeah. at left and first? I have. Um, he's took ground balls yesterday at first, but he goes out there and works really hard in left field. Um, and he's going to consistently get better with time. Um, offensively, you know, he's, he's working a lot to, to make better swing decisions, uh, which I think, you know, if anything was a setback last year offensively, it was the amount of strikeouts. And I think with the uh, decrease in strikeouts, it will increase the walks, which is also a good thing. Um, but he's been working really hard, you know, and I, and I see this very similar player that was with us last year. As a matter of fact, I think he's a better player. And there's efforts to uh, – to, to work with his throwing mechanics, um, to get more backspin on his throws. Um, you know, when, when he's fielding ground balls, there's um, things that we're doing to help him throw the baseball better and uh, the amount of work that he's been young, getting done daily. I mean, there's a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. We have a lot of instructors here, which we're lucky to have. And um, th there's people on top of people all the time. So there's kind of – if we're out on the field for three to four hours, it's uh, it's a grind. I mean, it's there's days, you know, we have high stress days, we have low stress days, and with this heat, sometimes you gotta have a low stress day where you you just do your ground balls, you just do your batting practice. There's no sim game, maybe because there's not pitchers that need to be slated in that day. But there's days that we go out there and it's uh, you know, with seven or eight to nine position players, you're talking about being out there on the field for four hours. So. Um, you know, it, we, we run the base running, we do the defense, um, we create situations for them when they're running the bases and when we're defending. So it, it's a work day and the pitchers are the same way. You know, the days that they have, uh, that they're not throwing in a sim game, they're out there throwing their bullpens, they're out there doing their conditioning. Um, there's a big emphasis on our position players, you know, you know, with guys moving left and right laterally, you know, because it's easy to for a scout to come in and say, well, he doesn't move well laterally, maybe to his left. So our strength department and uh, with Nick White and his staff are really working hard on why. And, um, you know, they're doing a lot of agility work to make those players, you know, it's kind of about their skill development, not just about, you know, seeing live pitching, but, you know, to increase their skill, enhance their skill development. Gary, in terms of pitching, as Dean Kramer, you got to see him a little bit last year at Norfolk, as mm -hmm. he tries to take the yeah. next step and reach the major leagues, what is a thing or two that he's going to work on to ensure that he can not only get to the big leagues but excel when he gets there? Well, one of the things I noticed right about him is that, you know, he, you know, when these guys went home from spring training, it wasn't just like they went home and they didn't do anything. They stayed on a throwing regiment where they were prepared to come in and do this Eventually, we were hoping to do this. And when they came in, they hit the ground running. Now, some guys were a little further advanced just because of where they lived and what they were access to. But all of them were given baseballs, and all of them were encouraged to stick to our program. 
And one of the things that I noticed about Dean was his, was his cutter, um, a hard slider that he's, that he's, you know, when I first saw him in Bowie after the trade, he was primarily a fastball curveball pitcher that had a change up and had a slider, but he seldom used either uh, the slider and the, and the change up where now um, he's got more in his arsenal and the slider, um, you know, and that nothing wrong with the curveball, but it's every bit as good as the curveball was, which I thought was a pretty good curveball when he was here two years ago in Bowie. And then, of course, when I saw him last year. So his development, his refinement of those pitches have been impre- impre- very impressive. Gary Kendall, longtime Orioles coach down on the farm and uh, currently at the Bowie site, the alternate site right now for the Orioles to develop players and to keep guys ready because some of these guys are going to play in the major leagues before this uh, shortened season is over. Gary, we really appreciate your time, and we'll catch up soon, I hope. You guys take care. Stay safe, all right? Uh, you too, Gary. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate it. Time now for our insiders segment. Melanie Newman is with us. And Melanie, uh, let's just start with your general sense of how the team is playing through uh, almost the first week of baseball. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's really a surprise how the Yankees series has begun. I mean, you call it series, but it's it's two games. And even Brandon Hyde was very upfront. He said, look, it's, it's the Yankees. We played them last year. They're pretty much the same. Um, it was good to see how they responded against the Red Sox. You know, the Sox pitching isn't there, but that lineup is there. And to see some of this younger part of the bullpen really step up and perform against them, I think that's a good nod toward what they're trying to build, especially when you look at the fact that they were so hinged on, you know, wanting to have Hunter Harvey as a part of this and relieving some of that weight off of these other relievers. And he can't just yet. Um, it's the next man up mentality and it's still there. And then you look at guys like Jose Iglesias and, you know, who thought he would be the one who would be this consistent right now and as loud as he is at the plate, but coming up in clutch situations and then Dwight Smith Jr. Last night's first game back hitting a nice bomb off of Garrett Cole. So I think there's little good pieces to look at because again, in a rebuild year, there's a lot more going on that are considered wins than the win column itself. I think the most encouraging thing that I took away from the weekend was, uh, besides Iglesias, the fact that you don't walk anybody in your, your last two games. Yeah. Was that maybe a, a highlight for you as well? Oh, I mean, definitely. And how does it not? And I think, Jeff, you even said this on air. You look at it, those wins came when there were not walks. And then there were too many walks against New York. And, you know, unfortunately, that yielded a loss for the team. But that's huge because that doesn't only mean that they've got swing and miss stuff, but that they're also hitting their marks and they're not just leaving pitches kind of carelessly around. And uh, Melanie, looking forward here, the schedule is going to get real tough. And I mean, listen, it's the Red Sox and Yankees, but uh, we know about this division, both the AL and East. Uh, do you think the Orioles can kind of uh, hang in there in this situation? The reality is, you know, it's nice to dream. It's obviously a peculiar year. Anything is possible, but, can they keep it kind of around maybe 500, uh, a little above, a little below? Uh, 500 is a very tough number to hit. And Brandon Hyde said it best. You know, this is this is the adult league yeah. that they happen to find themselves in. Um, it, and it hurts not having those four games to start off against the Marlins because yeah. it certainly makes your numbers, you know, happier. Um, but again, I want to fall back on the win behind the win column, you know, seeing guys who progress the way they want them to. I mean, Alex Cobb having the start that he did, you definitely want to see, you know, can he do that again? Is this now back to him being consistent or was that just 
one good start. You know, how does John Means react now that he's going to be reactivated? Um, can the hitters keep it up? Can Chris Davis get back into that groove that he saw in spring training? So I don't want to be a negative Nancy, but I don't think it's going to hit at 500. Um, but again, I still think there's going to be a lot of takeaways from this year. Uh, and I guess the maybe the last one for me is um, Anthony Santander. Uh, really good defensive weekend in Boston and has been swinging the bat really well. How surprised are you about what he's done, considering that uh, he joined the team late on account of testing positive for COVID? But uh, it seems like he's putting together some of the best at-bats of anybody on the team. I almost wonder, too. And, I mean, it's one of those situations, you know, unless we are, Anthony, we're not really going to know the situation. But some guys just perform better when they just kind of come fresh out the gate and they're there and that's it. I mean, there's a reason why Ryan Braun has in his contract with the Brewers that he's only going to take like maybe a dozen at-bats during spring training because he would just rather come into the season fresh and ready to go. Uh, I don't think any of these guys, especially on the Orioles roster, took this past four months off for granted. I mean, it sounds like everybody across the board was putting in work at home and I would certainly think that's the case for him as well. So maybe that did keep him, you know, a little more fresh, especially when you look across the league right now and some guys are having injuries pop up because they may have been overstressing themselves for the last four months. Very good, Melanie. Thank you so much. We appreciate the insider segment. Thanks, guys. Good to see you. Great stuff from both Gary Kendall and Melanie Newman for our insider segment. And thus, Another Inside the Yard has been wrapped up, Jeff Arnold. And now uh, we have a weekend series together coming up. O's and Rays will be in the radio broadcast booth together. So uh, let's, let's enjoy it. Let's have some fun out there, as they say. Uh, it's, an, it's an industry term. Let's just have some fun. Let's play free and loose. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely feeling the vibe of that. Uh, it's going to be a little bit strange that we're, we're going to be in broadcast booths. We're not going to be in the same broadcast booth. Uh, but it seems like that whenever we play the Rays, and we'll have one game against the Yankees, which uh, you know, we'll, we'll call that game before this ends up dropping. But, but yeah, you and I have been like uh, the, the, the two broadcasters that whenever the Rays have been around, you and I have been the, the two guys that have called that series. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Certainly not going to get any easier because you know how good that Tampa Bay pitching Woo. staff is. And you know, the Orioles will, will have their work cut out for them. You, you match up against Garrett Cole and the home opener, and then you're going to face Jay Happ after that. And it won't be easy, but when you looked at the schedule uh, that was set in front of you for these 60 games, um, you realize that there, there are basically no gimmies out there. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how the Orioles are able to, to perform, and, and hopefully they can take a couple games at home. And, by the way, uh, we did call Orioles and Yankees in Tampa, Florida in true. March together. Very true, But – since this is dropping on Friday morning, I, Jeff, I heard we had a great call last night. I heard from all these people in the industry, friends, family, everyone said we just crushed it Thursday night, Orioles and Yankees <laughs> on the radio. They said it was uh, heading right to the uh, Sports Casting Hall of Fame, and uh, the Emmy is coming our way. So congratulations on a, a great broadcast, you leading the way Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, partner, and uh, I'm glad that your, <laughs> your crystal ball is nice and clear. And, uh, and you're predicting good things for us over the course of these next few days. I'm just happy I can, not, I can take a few days away from Bordick, uh, from television. I'm just happy. I think, <laughs> he well, doesn't I cannot, listen to this, by the way. <laughs> I know, and he definitely does not listen to this. I'm, I'm just happy I can kind of separate from Bordick for a few days. Those, those fielding drills during the game are getting kind of tough on me. So uh, I'm going to rest up. 
and just work on the voice and then uh We'll get back to television next week. But, uh, Jeff, great stuff and uh, another great edition of the program. Yeah, Brett, really enjoyed it, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, enjoy the baseball, everyone. Stay safe, and thanks for being with us.